Four, accountability. So this is the final episode of this memoir type podcast for now. You know, after writing and editing this, I think maybe in five years or so, I'll do another episode. But for now, let's let's end the series with some family talk. So you might have already gathered that the term family doesn't really mean much to me. I have family that I love and respect, and I have family that has hurt me pretty badly. I'm going to need a little splash to help me with this episode, so things may get emotional. I'm not exactly sure how to start, so I'm going to dive right in. My older brother is six years older than me, and we are night and day. He was the problem child, and I was the good boy until I got older. I don't have many good memories of us as kids. Most of it was fighting and I mean, of course, siblings fight, right? But my brother was physically abusive for no reason other than he was hurt and wanted someone else to feel his pain. He was always getting into trouble and fighting with people. And I remember a time when we lived in the projects and the cops came to the house to take him because things got physical between him, my mother and her husband boyfriend at the time. My brother was broken before I was even born. Obviously, he has his own story like the rest of us, but you know, there's several reasons why we're not close. So let's talk about it. Before anyone bullied me or called me a faggot, it all started with my brother. Although he doesn't believe in toxic masculinity, which is one of the dumbest things someone has ever said to me, he is a product of his environment. Like many men who grew up the same way he did, if you watched Powerpuff Girls or listened to pop music, you were gay. If you wore certain colors, danced a certain way, even if you were well-spoken, you were questionable. Even I'm guilty of projecting that fucked up way of thinking onto some people in my life. So let's start the storytelling. Before I started middle school, me, my brother, his girlfriend at the time, and her younger sister were swimming in a pool at my aunt's house. Things were pretty innocent until I noticed that my brother and his girlfriend were doing the most in the pool. I mean, they were young, horny little toads, and no adults were around, so of course they were going to act up. I think her sister had a little crush on me, but obviously I wasn't interested. So my brother and his girlfriend thought it would be a great idea to pressure me into kissing her sister in the pool in front of them. They told me if I didn't kiss her, then I was gay. And even though I told them no several times, that didn't stop them. My mother wasn't around. No shade to my aunt, but she wasn't around even though it was her house. Nobody was around to say, hey, leave him alone. Like, stop it. So, because of the pressure to prove to their dumbasses that I wasn't gay, my first kiss was one that I didn't want. There was nothing romantic about it, no fireworks or butterflies, just a gross memory of feeling like 
a puppet for two sick teenagers. Not too long after that, my brother was locked up for sexually assaulting a minor. And that minor was the girl that I kissed. Pretty disturbing, right? Through the years, I've always kept a distance from my brother because of his poor choices. And, you know, talking to him is just always exhausting. Let's fast forward to the end of 2009. There are tons of stories I could tell, but, you know, I got to pick and choose here. My mother had asked me to help my brother out and give him rides to work. At the time, my schedule was pretty flexible, so I agreed. For about a week and a half, I would pull up and wait, you know, like 15, 20 minutes for him to come outside. And he'd get in the car and start talking my ear off and just go on and on about how he doesn't respect any woman besides our Aunt Maribel, the same aunt that, you know, the pool, that whole situation. Um, on the last day I gave him a ride, we, you know, were talking about a story from back in the day about his father sending him a letter from jail and a drawing that was that was behind the letter and our mother taking issue with it. Um, when our mother was with his father, he was physically abusive to her. Somewhere in the conversation, I had to remind him of that, and he told me he didn't see it that way. He said he wanted to know if his father had any dirt on our mother in that letter, so he could possibly, you know, use it against her. Um, I told him that I thought that said a lot about how he feels towards, you know, our mother and women for that matter. He told me that I didn't have the right to speak on things that happened in the past because in the past gay people weren't allowed to have a voice if you can find the logic in that then tweet me figure it out um the argument continued and he ended up calling me unnatural and a faggot and told me that i couldn't have a baby out of my ass um so i kicked him out the car called him the bum that he was and uh that was the last time i ever spoke to him I told my mom about the situation and she was pretty upset at first, but that didn't last long. As per usual, she tried to convince me to just forgive and forget and she asked me again to help him out with rides. During that time, I had quite a few words for her, especially when I was defending her while her low-life son was in my car talking crazy about us. Um, now, let's be clear on something. I have my issues with my mother, but I also give her the respect I feel she deserves. So yeah, on that day, I decided that my brother didn't deserve my grace. I understand he needs help, and he needs to heal from things that have nothing to do with me, but I'll be damned as a 29-year-old man to allow anyone to talk to me like that and think that they, des they deserve my forgiveness especially a convicted sex offender who hasn't done anything to make me believe that he's evolved from the angry little boy he was when we were younger. So my final words to my brother are this. I believe everyone has a chance to evolve and turn their life around, but it's going to take a lot more than my forgiveness for that to happen. So I wish him well. <sighs> Let's move on to my mother's husband. Now, in the first episode, I talked about him never, you know, speaking to me about my sexuality, but speaking up in other ways. And uh, one of the other ways he spoke was during a time when I was sick. I was 16 and I had mono. During that time, I wasn't sleeping much and I was working part time at Sears. My immune system was shot and I got hit hard. 
I was sick and out of school and, and work for about maybe two and a half weeks and lost about 20 pounds and I was miserable. Some days I couldn't get out of bed and couldn't really eat anything. I was crying in bed from just aches and, you know, like I said, I was just miserable. Obviously, my mom was taking care of me the way, the best way she could because, you know, we lived in his house. So my health wasn't always exactly uh, his top priority. Um, I found out that during one of their arguments, he had told her that she was too worried about other things. And I knew what that meant. I was the other things that uh, got in the way of a floor being mopped or a dish being washed and, you know, something his misogynistic ass was more than capable of doing. I felt so uncomfortable and, you know, this was supposed to be quote unquote home. It wasn't just that, though. The way he's treated my mother through the years has been pretty disgraceful and I'm being nice when I say that. Like I said in the previous episodes, he would really shift the energy in the house when he would come home, and I learned how to code switch when I was younger, so he never really saw my personality unless I had like an argument with him, and I mean, that may not sound like the biggest deal in the world, but I'm also choosing my stories carefully because one day I would like my younger siblings to listen to this so they can understand why I've been distant and why I don't have a relationship with him. He's the reason why I don't have a relationship, or at least the one that I would like, with my siblings and my mother. I can't tell you the amount of times my mom and I would go shopping or run errands, and he would call her every 20-30 minutes asking where she was and why she didn't pick up the phone. And the only time he would ever call my phone was to ask where my mother was, you know, because he wasn't able to reach her. I mean, he may be a great father to his actual children, but... He's hurt me and my mom countless times. Um, I don't care to share space with him because every time I do, I'm reminded of the reasons why I left his house in the first place. You know, if there's anything I've learned from him is that manipulation is very real and what's done in the dark will always come to light. There's a lot I could say about this man, but I'm actually going to move on and talk about my my actual father. Before I go into that, I would like to say that my father is one of the coolest people ever. I've learned many things from him, and even though we're in a much better place in our relationship, it's still very much damaged, so let's talk about it. If you remember back a few episodes, I talked about my father and I having a falling out when I was a freshman in high school. So let me hit you with some background information. When we lived in the projects, my mother's best friend, V, lived up the street from us. V wasn't blood-related, but she did have a child with an older cousin of mine. Um, I grew up with her and her kids, so they were all family to me. She was one of the funniest people I knew, and also one of the most toxic. As I got older, I noticed the distance between her and my mother, and I didn't really understand it until my father's divorce. Before I found out about the divorce, my father had brought me and my sisters to an amusement park. To my surprise, we met up with V and her youngest son there. Now, this was odd to me because I knew that they knew each other. I knew, you know, obviously she used to, you know, be my mom's best friend. So, of course, she knew my father and but it didn't make sense as to why we were there with her. I was old enough to know something was, you know, something was going on. 
This was his way of trying to make us all feel like a new family. He may have had good intentions, but you can't force your ideas of what family should be just because you're in a new relationship. Like I said, I was old enough to understand and also old enough to draw the line. My little sisters didn't have the same relationship with V that I did, so I'm sure they were confused, but I knew what was happening. Soon after that, I found out that my father was getting a divorce and his new woman was V. Girl, I was pissed. I grew up calling this woman an aunt and I spent so many nights over her house and now I was supposed to call her my new stepmom? I wasn't having it. We had a few words for each other during that time, called her a whore and she called me a faggot. I mean, I was pissed. You know, I obviously don't speak that way about women now and I've I've evolved since then and I'm speaking for one of us when I say that. Um, I mean, like I said, I was old enough to understand that, yeah, people get divorced and yeah, you know, divorces are messy sometimes. But for this woman who had more of a relationship with me through the years and had saw everything that my mother went through with my father to now, you know, act like I was supposed to call her my new stepmom was just disrespectful to me. So because I had words for her, my father didn't like that. He made the decision to cut me out of his life because I didn't accept his girlfriend and he didn't see or talk to me for about, I think, two years. One time my mother tried to convince me to be the bigger person and reach out to him, but it didn't go well. So many people tried to tell me that my father loved me and that he'll come around, you know, during that time. Um, and I didn't believe them. I knew my father was stubborn and he would do anything to prove he was, uh, you know, worthy to women. And even if that meant cutting off his only son, I'm sure that stems from somewhere, but it's not my issue. Um, so yeah, so his divorce was the talk of the town for quite some time and, and they embraced it. And by they, I mean him and V they thought they were this power couple and the world wanted what they had, please. Um, a few years later, they had a baby together. Um, they broke up and he started seeing her for who she really was. I ended up reuniting with him one day when he came to my stepmom's house, my actual stepmom to see my sisters. Um, I never got an apology during that time, but we were cordial, like with each other. By that time, I had this idea that I didn't need my father in my life. I didn't need anyone in my life that didn't want to be in it. And it would take a few years for us to, you know, have a healthy relationship again. I think he thought it was as simple as, oh, just leave it in the past and move on. And that's fine, but I'm not dumb enough to pretend like that shit didn't have some kind of impact on me. You know, when I was going through such a critical time in my life, figuring out how I was going to navigate life as a gay teenager. And, you know, my father wasn't available, not because I was afraid to talk to him or afraid of his reaction, but because he chose his relationship over his only son. And you don't just forgive and forget that it stays with you and it affects your friendships and relationships for years to come. I mean, there is a bright side to this, though. You know, after many hard conversations, I think my father is starting to understand the boundaries that I have with him and he's respecting them. There are times where I feel like, you know, like sometimes I'm the parent and I got to teach him certain things. And I don't mind that because I think parents should be able to learn from their kids, but it's a little bit of a struggle sometimes. Um, 
you know, my father isn't perfect, but at least he's willing to learn from me and understand that, you know, I'm not the quiet kid I once was. And he's getting to know me for who I really am while also respecting the boundaries that, you know, I had to lay down in order to protect myself. Like I said, people can evolve if they want to. Let's talk about mother. She's probably going to be upset when she hears this, but too bad. Our relationship isn't what it once was, and the reason for that is because of her marriage and her not fighting for me the way that I feel she should have. So I know I talked a lot about her husband and a lot of the hurt that he caused for us, but the other side of that is my mother's middle-of-the-road approach to some of those situations. She tried to keep the peace, and I understand that, but what she really ended up doing was enabling her husband's controlling behavior and dismissing my feelings. One time he got crazy with the mouth because I forgot to do something when I was getting my little brother, his son, ready for school while he was getting his beauty sleep. And I told him off and told him to go cry in his room. I was maybe 17. So, you know, this was towards the end of my time in that house. Um, you know, he was weird like that. He was one of those guys who grew up thinking all he had to do was work and come home and complain while his while the wife cooked and cleaned and dealt with all the bullshit. Um, so, yeah, after I told my mother what happened, she had words for him. But because it was it was never that simple, she told me that I was disrespectful. By that time, he lost most of my respect, so I didn't care. I know it, it must be tough to be, you know, in a position where... Your husband and your son don't get along, but at some point, you know, it's it's not about, uh, you know, being neutral or having this middle of the road attitude. You have to hold people accountable. When I moved out, he never kept up with me. His way of pretending like he cared, you know, through the years was asking my mother about me every couple of months and her telling me that he brought my name up. You know, that was enough for her to believe he actually gave a damn about me. Although I don't really think she believes that. She knows he doesn't care about me and he never did. But like I said, manipulation is very real. I truly believe my mother and I would have a better relationship if she wasn't married to him. When I invited my mother to the two live shows I did for What About Your Friends and my art show for Box Guy, she didn't show up to any of them because... I didn't extend the invitation to her husband, and I mean, he probably would have dug his own grave if she decided to leave him home with the kids while she went to go support her son. Um, you know, my mother didn't understand how much of a big deal it was for me to have a live show for my podcast and for me to have my first art show and really put myself out there. Her routine and her life with her husband has always kind of trumped whatever I wanted to share with her. I swear, like, my best memories with my mother are when he wasn't around, listening to music with her and driving in the car without being tracked down by her crazy husband. Um, over the years, I've been super envious of some of my other friends' relationships with their mothers. I wish I could get a drink with my mother at a bar sometimes. I wish I could go on a vacation with her and without her husband. I wish I could bring my mom to a Mariah Carey concert and just build more memories with her. But like I said, her routine won't allow it. 
I'm sure her husband would lose his mind if she left the house to go hang out with her son when she should be home mopping a floor or washing dishes. And, you know, if I ever get married, I don't know if she'll be there because her husband won't be invited. And I've already accepted the fact that she'll probably never leave him, but I have hope that one day she'll be able to share more time with me without worrying about what this man is going to say or do. So because of my non-existent relationship with her husband and also my older brother, I've had to tell her several times that family doesn't mean much to me and we have different ideas of forgiveness. You know, my mom has only had or has only known toxic relationships with, you know, men and other family members. So I think she expects me to have the same tolerance that she has. And I think that's probably my biggest issue with her. I don't care to share space with people who have been pretty shitty to me for most of my life, and I'm okay if that never changes. You know, I can't really miss something I never had, so I'll say this though. There were times where I felt exactly like my mother, specifically when I lived with Jay. I remember letting certain things slide because I just wanted to keep the peace and not lose my mind because I didn't want my, my home, I didn't want my house to be chaotic. I wanted to come home and cook and just be at peace. I, I mean, I picked my battles and I think my mom did the same thing. So, I mean, I wish she would have made different decisions, but I'm sure she probably thought being neutral was the best decision for everybody. Funny enough, there was a moment I had with myself after an argument that, you know, I had with her through text. I thought to myself, like, why is it so hard for my family or just people to respect my boundaries. Then I thought about all my damaged relationships with my older sister, my friend Q and anybody else that has some kind of boundary or distance with me. And I thought, I thought to myself, like you fucking hypocrite, you want others to respect your boundaries, but you can't even handle the fact that other people have some with you. And that's their way of holding you accountable. And I really sat with that for a while. You know, we're all the victim or the villain in someone's story. There are plenty of people I've hurt because of my, you know, my own ignorance and my selfishness. And even though I may have an understanding as to what I did wrong, that doesn't mean that they don't have the right to establish boundaries with me. And when I realized that, I became a little less angry. And I'm not sure how to really end this episode, but I guess I'll say this. You know, I've been looking for you know, love and family and brotherhood and my purpose and it just in the, in the wrong spaces and in, in the wrong people for most of my life. And I have an understanding as to where that comes from, or at least I have somewhat of an understanding who knows, maybe when I go to therapy, um, I'll, I'll probably add to this podcast and, you know, who knows, um, you know, I've, I've met some great people and I've had some really great friendships, but, you know, there were days when I wanted to trade places with someone because I felt I wasn't good enough. And, you know, but I'm, I'm glad to say that I'm not necessarily in that space anymore. I'm okay with the fact that my story is my own. And I had this idea of, of what I wanted my life to look like by the time I was 29. And it didn't look anything like this. I wanted to be married and have a steady career, but nowhere in that vision did I make room for, 
you know, healing from my traumas or, you know, just growing. You know, if it wasn't for my experiences with my friend Q, with Jay, Box Guy, what about your friends? You know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be the Frankie that I am now. And he's a lot better than 16-year-old Frankie. I'd probably be somewhere, you know, repeating another cycle, pushing my old ideas of friendship onto someone else and expecting someone who didn't sign up for my bullshit to, you know, to be the one to make all the pain go away. You know, if, if, you're, if you're someone that I've talked about in this podcast, you may not agree with this method of healing and that's okay, but this is my way of freeing that, you know, that broken kid who didn't feel good enough because the people around him weren't always the most empathetic. This is also my way of holding myself accountable. It doesn't matter that I just told you a great portion of my life story. Um, you know, I'm still responsible for how I carry myself and the pain that I've caused in others' lives. Um, I hope this podcast gives you a sense of who I am and and the road that it took for me to get to this point. And if you've listened to this, you know, to this whole thing, then you're a real one. So I just want to say thank you for your time and, and thank you for listening. Peace. Thank you.